There they go. It's only an hour with Jeff Howe and Jordan Scruggs from Horns 24-7. Hilarious stories, man. Jordan's a stud. He is a rising star in this industry, and he's already accomplished a ton thus far, but he's got all sorts of connections, and he's got better stories than most people do, despite being pretty raw in this business. So, yeah, if you haven't uh, caught wind of those guys yet, if you haven't started making It's Only an Hour a regular part of your schedule, make sure you do that moving forward because uh, those guys bring the goods with Longhorn Football Conversation, past, present, and future every day right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. And it's now time for the award-winning midday program. And, Trey, I, I had something pretty terrifying happen to me about an hour ago. Okay. So the Buck and I did our morning show at the Hills Country Club out in Lakeway. Shout out to them. And thank you for the free hat that they gave me that I'm rocking right now. And I get back to my place and my front door to my apartment is not wide open, but it's not closed. Uh-oh. And I'm like, oh. Did, the, did the sewer pay you a visit? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Well done. <laughs> there will be a time and place where we can maybe fully explain what that means. But for the uh, maybe 15 to 20 people in the world who get that, that is gold right there. Um, no, to answer your question. But I'm terrified. Like, I'm thinking, shit, did I leave my door open? I've been gone for, you know, three, four hours. And it was dark when I left, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, am I about to walk in and half my stuff's going to be gone? Did someone take my AV consultations TVs because it's literally the only thing that I care about in my place? And I walk in, and I see everything's there, but I hear something. Like, there's someone clearly in my apartment when I walk in there, and I'm like, hello? And I get no response. And I'm, like, a little hesitant because I, I don't have a knife. I don't have a gun on me. I don't have a baseball. Like, I don't have anything. So if there's someone robbing my place right now, then I'm like, shit, I, I could be in trouble here if this guy's got a weapon on him. And I'm like, hello? I say it again. And he's like, oi. I'm like, interesting. Awesome. I'm like, I'm like, no, Mexican, which makes it even more interesting. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, who are you? And he's like, oh, I'm maintenance. I'm uh, fixing the leak under your sink. I'm like, there's no, there's no leak under my sink. And I walk, I walk by there. He's in the kitchen, which I can't see from my front walkway. So I take a couple of steps and I walk to make sure it wasn't somebody BSing me. And I see yeah, him you like, have your hands up at this point. I, I, I don't even know. Like I, I couldn't see him. So, you know, putting my hands up, I wasn't going to be able to block a punch. He wasn't close enough to punch me. And I don't know if putting my hands up would have stopped him from shooting me if he had a gun. Well, your fists up, man. I'm not talking about hands up like you're getting robbed or something. Like fists up just so you can protect yourself. Uh, well, he was, I couldn't see him. So what, protecting myself from, he wasn't going to be able to throw a fist from the other room. Uh, but yeah, and he, like I see my sink is just gone. Like the, the faucets and the, I don't even know how to describe it, but you know, the two handles and the faucet, they're not there. And he's like, yeah, I'm replacing your sink. And I'm like, why? He's like, you sent a maintenance request, did you not? And I'm like, no. Mm. And then he like, he pulls out his phone and he's like, are you room 
uh, I won't say it, but he asked like, and I'm like, yeah, that's my room. And he's like, okay, yeah, there's a maintenance request that you sent two days ago that says there's a leak in your sink and you need me to fix it. And I'm like, dude, I didn't send that at all. And he's like, well, no, well, whoever did, I'm glad they did because there actually is a leak in your sink. So I'm going to fix it for you. Is that okay? And I'm like, oh shit, you're already here. I guess that's okay. Uh, and it ended up being fine. Like okay. it, it was, it was an actual maintenance worker and he was there to replace the sink. And now I got a new sink in my kitchen, which is cool. But that was pretty terrifying. Like I'd never sent a maintenance request. I never got any notice that someone was going to come by and, and fix something that I didn't think needed to be fixed. And I walked in on what I thought was somebody robbing my place. So that was a, a heart racing moment right there that I went through a couple of, uh, or I guess an hour ago now. So wait a second, wrong apartment, but it turns out your sink had a leak in it also. Well, it was the right apartment. The one that he read off of his phone was my unit number. I just never sent in a maintenance request. Did he show you the work order or is he just making things up that are appearing on his screen because he is the most literal version of fan of Brad Kellner and Texas Sports Unfiltered that he just wanted to see and smell and maybe even feel you for himself? Mm, what is this, Bucky with Cliff Kingsbury? <laughs> Or Alamo Bowl worker. Derek Jeter, perhaps. Yeah, or Alamo Bowl worker with Sark, apparently. Um, no, yeah, it, he it, may it, very well have done this uh, in, in your apartment before you got back, all while the uh, sink is completely taken apart. Sure, he could have, and there was nothing I could have done to stop that. Um, to answer your question, unless we had a TSU Deportes, I don't think that guy would know who I am or would understand most of what we're talking about here. Okay, it, so it was a very, very broken understanding of the English language. Yeah, and not Australian, despite the oi that he greeted me with after the second well, we time. We found I out in our conversation with Michael Dixon a few years ago, uh, Aussies don't speak English, they speak Australian. So there's yeah. some major differences in language there. Yeah, if the guy was uh, Australian, then boy, it would have been a disaster. But at least this dude had some grasp of English to understand what I was talking about. But yeah, never, never good when you walk back into your place and the door is open and there's somebody in there rustling around. That was uh, slightly terrifying, but all good. And no, I have not been drinking anything except for Olipop today. <laughs> I'm good, Scott. Thank you all for right. asking. I need to uh, rewind just a little bit to uh, some things that Sean said just now. Uh Thank you to everybody, by the way, for your comments on YouTube and on the Coda text line as well. Sean says, been listening on the app. Sean is just now tuning in on the video. BK, November ain't over with yet. Why is your mustache gone? I made a business decision. And the business decision was really more of a life decision than a business decision. It was, I wanted to eat food on Thanksgiving. And my mom told me the only way I was going to be served food at Thanksgiving at her house was if I had gotten rid of the mustache. Good for Shoshana. I am so yeah. glad she put her foot down and, and forced you to, uh, to shave that mature caterpillar off the skin between your top lip and your nose. Hey, it looked pretty good this year. It look, it's all relative. It, you huh? didn't have to dye it. You looked in some ways less like a pedo in some ways more. 
the, the mustache is really coming along versus where it was when we first started seeing this thing being grown five, six years, whatever it was. Yeah, one of my sisters who usually hates the look actually told me the day before I shaved it that it looked pretty good and I should consider growing it more than just once a year. Your sister is fucking with you. <laughs> you, shouldn't, you shouldn't go mustache year round, but it's acceptable for November. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's to raise money and awareness for the Movember movement, which is raising money and awareness for men's health issues. So, uh, I guess my mom is pro cancer for making me shave that, and I waited till I left the house before I made that joke. His logic is sound, Shoshana. I'm sorry, I can't defend you there. <laughs> and Sean also says, please don't get me started on those damn rent to security guards for TSA. Hey, those guys have a lot more power than some mall security cop on a Segway at Barton Springs or Barton Creek Mall. Like th those guys have a lot of power and say so as to whether or not you get to make your flight. Mm. Oh, TSA? The they're all like reformed, I don't know, ice cream truck drivers and priests with the uh, the ways that they're able to molest you if you do get chosen, if you're amongst the select few, get the additional screening. I don't get that additional screening very often and it's disappointing. I ask for it. Yeah, I, I I'm like, is it something I said? I, you know, I dress up. I put on some cologne. I'm like trying to turn them on a little bit, <laughs> hoping that I get the David Copperfield treatment. But no, no, it, it rarely happens. I think it's only been once in my life where I've gotten the uh, extra searching. There's one way to guarantee it happening every time you go through TSA. Bring a gun? <sighs> that will... One way to ensure that it happens will also ensure that you make your flight too. Because if you bring a gun, you are completely screwed on catching that flight. Mm -hmm. and the way is, say, I want to opt out of the x-ray machine. I just want to go through the metal detector and then have you frisk me. And they'll do that. You can actually request it like that? Yeah, just say, I don't want to do the x-ray. I'd like to do the metal detector instead. Mm. I'm going to wait until I see who's working TSA that day before I make that decision. Well, and in 2023, consider, considering that uh, gender is now considered fluid, you can say I identify as female and like a female TSA agent to uh, grope me. Wow. And then I'll tell her that I work for the FBI as a female body inspector and I should get a turn back. Will that work? I think that you should try that and make sure somebody's there to Facebook live it. <laughs> make sure somebody's willing to pay my bail too. After I do that. <laughs> Amazing. Do those what guys actually do use the back of their hand when they go over your, cause I've had this done several times now. Cause I mm -hmm. have opted out of the x-ray. Uh, they, they will go over your junk with the back of their hands and they'll go like, uh, what is this part called? It's like kind of below the butt where the legs come together on the backside as well. Where yeah. where is it that you're squeezing when you goose somebody? Where what is that? What is that part of the body called technically? I don't even know what goosing somebody is. Oh boy. So it's like this part right here where you like reach under and you goose somebody. God, are you fingering your bunghole right now on live not, not quite like there was there was a the, the middle the longest finger was maybe uh at that uh that fromunda parts the taint the gooch yeah but anyhow they go back of the hand with that too so they're not squeezing like that but 
where it gets a little bit rough, especially if these guys want to be assholes with you. They go up and down the legs, and they can go like reverse karate chop up the leg to where they are. It's like they're trying to rack you. Like I've had to say something before, like, bro, what are you trying to do here? Because whenever I get the whenever I get this yeah. done, I say, hey, I know this is a lie, and I apologize, TSA agents, if you're listening right now. I say, hey, I just had testicular surgery, so it's a little bit sensitive down there just to keep them from reverse karate chopping up my legs and then up the other leg as well. And sometimes that doesn't stop these fucking creeps. doesn't always yeah. stop these reformed priests who somehow, well, they probably just escaped uh, the, the legal issues altogether when they left the priesthood or former uh, ice cream truck drivers who have now decided to have a different career in TSA groping people at the airport. Mm. These last 10 minutes is why we're award winners. Taint, thank you, CB. Thank you, DJ. I said that. Oh, I, I apologize. I, I block you out half the time. Yeah, you've been doing that for a long time. We know that. All right, well, welcome in to a Wednesday edition of the award-winning Midday with Trey and BK. Um, we've got a subtle announcement to make. We will have a very special guest joining us during tomorrow's show. And by joining us, I more mean joining Trey. But it's going to be an interview with somebody we think all of you people want to hear from. We'll give you the name tomorrow, maybe right before we start our show at noon. But just set a reminder that uh, you need to be locked in. You should be locked in anyways to Texas Sports Unfiltered from 8 to 5, but especially tomorrow during the noon hour as it's uh, an exciting conversation that we will be airing for you people tomorrow. Some may not want to hear from him, but it should be an interesting conversation. Yeah. Okay. And I, I want to speak with him, which is the most important thing here. Yes. And it is Tim Brando. Oh, man. Nope, not Tim Brando. Disappointingly. God, we've got to ask him about that at some point. Yeah, I'm sure he'd be willing to talk about it. Well, it's also not Boo Corrigan, although I kind of wish it was Boo Corrigan. And I think every Texas fan knows who that is. But if you don't, he is the... College football playoff committee chairman for this year. And he's the guy who every Tuesday night has gone on ESPN and basically explained why he thinks Texas is the worst team to ever play college football. And of course, the college football playoff rankings came out last night, the penultimate CFP rankings. And Texas, despite beating Texas Tech by 50 last Friday, and despite somebody ranked ahead of Texas losing last Saturday, the Longhorns did not move. They remain as the number seven team in the CFP rankings. And here's a little bit of the back and forth with Reese Davis of ESPN and Boo Corrigan talking about why Texas is where Texas is and just sort of comparing the resumes of the one-loss teams in college football. Looking at the one-loss the one lost teams, the highest-ranked one-loss team continues to be Oregon. Now Ohio State is slid in there um, ahead of Texas. But Texas has a strength of schedule that's about – 40-plus spots better than Oregon's. They have more wins against uh, ranked teams by your rankings than, uh, than do the Ducks. Why is Oregon ahead of Texas? 
Yeah, Oregon has continued to dominate. Um, obviously, the loss to Washington early in the year, 36-33. But uh, coming out of last week and the way they played an Oregon State team that we really respect as a group, held them to uh, seven points as opposed to 34, which they have averaged on the year. And, uh, you know, the, the season Bo Nix is having, um, 78% completion percentage. You know, they just continue to impress the committee with both the offense and the defense. What consideration was given to the common opponent that those two have, Texas beat Texas Tech by 50, and Oregon beat them by one possession? Yeah, we look at everything, as we've talked about each week that we've been here. You know, we're not relying on one single data point, one single game. We're looking at, you know, we're through 13 weeks right now and making sure that as we do go through it, uh, we are comparing everything. So, Trey, I gave my response to those comments this morning with the Buck. And for our newer listening audience, I'll give my thoughts here in a moment. But I want to give you the floor first on this show to respond to that back and forth that was on ESPN last night. They are in a very difficult position right now to decide who the four best teams are in college football. It gets a le- little bit easier with the undefeated teams right now, obviously. But in terms of talking about the one-loss teams, it's a little bit of a lose-lose right now because you are going to be able to anoint one or two, and then some others that are being left out are going to be really pissed off in the process. I disagree with it. I realize that my perspective is a biased one as a Texas fan, but I still think that you can't diminish the fact that the Longhorns have the best win of anybody in college football right now on the entire season. I don't care if it was week two of the year. That matters. We have been told for several years now that non-conference wins or wins on the road receive a little bit more weight regardless of the time of the year. And was Alabama the team that they are right now? No, but it was still beating the Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa by more than 10 points, something that is a dead horse at this point with regards to the last time that happened, prior to Nick Saban ever coaching a game there. So uh, they have it tough, and I agree that Oregon has looked as good as maybe anybody in the country over the last four to six weeks, so I get it from that regard. But when you look at common opponents – and uh, you just look at the overall track record and strength of schedule and things like that. The best opponent that Oregon had a chance against on their schedule, they lost that game to Washington. That game was in Seattle, so it makes it a little bit more difficult, but they did lose that game. Now, I have less of an issue with Oregon being ranked ahead of Texas than I do Ohio State right now. And I understand that you and a lot of other people say, look, if Texas wins the Big 12 championship this weekend, Texas will finish ahead of Ohio State. I hope that's the case. But I'm not so sure because I look at the one, two, and three lost teams down the uh, BCS rankings or the college football playoff rankings, and the worst ranked of those teams at each level, one, two, and three losses, are Big 12 teams. So this is a conference that's getting zero respect right now nationally, whether you're talking Mm -hmm. about one loss Texas or two loss Oklahoma or three-loss Oklahoma State. Like, they look at the Big 12 as the worst of the Power Five this year. And there there may be some truth to that, but it also shouldn't take away from Texas really handling its business in every game except for one. And even their C-plus effort in a rivalry game almost earned them a victory. And you were maybe kicking a field goal or converting on a uh, first and goal from the one where you had four cracks to get in the end zone and you weren't able to from being undefeated right now as well. 
So you think there's a chance that Ohio State will make the playoff over Texas? Yeah, there's a chance. Oh man, I don't. I think know. I, I look. Look, their strength of schedule rank is is better than Texas right now. Their one loss is going to be to a team that will finish the year number two in the country. Yeah, I and just, it, they still. I know that Notre Dame and Penn State. Gosh, where's Notre Dame? Notre Dame or Penn State's like in the top ten right now now and Notre Dame's in the top 15 like those still look like quality wins they do and um that this is just uh it's the unfortunate reality that this is a, a weird year in college football where there aren't that many dominant teams and even the teams that are a little bit better than average are looked at as good rankings wise yeah I think if Texas beats the other OSU on Saturday there is a zero percent chance the OSU stays ahead of the Longhorn. So I'm not that worried about it, even though Ohio State's ranked ahead of Texas right now, and a lot of Longhorn fans aren't happy with that decision. Uh, yeah, Texas, by winning a conference championship, by winning a 12th game, I think they will be ahead of Ohio State. Um, I just think that answer for Boo Corrigan was hilarious, dude. Yeah. Like, he he brought up three data points. Because my, my bigger issues with Oregon right now, because, like, if Oregon beats Washington on Friday, they're going to make the playoff. And I don't think that should be the case because I think Texas should be ranked ahead of Oregon right now. And because Oregon's been ahead of Texas in every single ranking, and right now they're two spots ahead of Texas. They had been one spot ahead of the Longhorns for the last few weeks. Now they're two spots ahead of Texas. That's basically telling you that there's no way the Longhorns are going to be able to jump the Ducks. And, of course, Oregon plays a better team than Texas does this weekend. So there's a 0% chance that – Texas would get in over either Washington or Oregon. Now, Washington, if they win, they'll be undefeated. They should be in over Texas, of course. Uh, but that's that's where I get annoyed, man, because we shouldn't need to be rooting against as many teams as we're rooting for this weekend. But because for some odd reason, Oregon remains ahead of Texas, that's where we're at. And the three data points, Trey, that Boo Corrigan mentioned when asked that question by Reese Davis, he talked about Bo Nix's completion percentage. Like, that's why Oregon's ranked ahead of Texas, because Bo Nix has a high completion percentage. He also talked about Oregon State's average point total. Uh, they, they scored 34 points, but they held them to seven. And then he talked about the loss to Washington. You know what he didn't talk about in that answer? Strength of record, strength of schedule, ranked wins, and what happened against the common opponent in Texas Tech. You know, the things that he's supposed to be looking at when comparing resumes for these one-loss teams. He just dodged the question and gave a bunch of bullshit how he just thinks Oregon is passing the eye test more than Texas is right now. He basically ignored every element of the resume and started spewing a bunch of propaganda to bolster his take and the committee's take that Oregon is better than Texas. What is the difference in strength of schedule and strength of rank? Like the quality of loss? Is that uh, strength of record? Or strength of record, yeah. yeah that's like uh, an analytic thing that just compares um, the teams that every team has played. And just it takes score into consideration. It takes where the game was played into consideration. It's It's got a few more elements to it than just your overall strength of schedule, which focuses on win percentage. God, I, I fucking hate certain ad advanced metrics. I, I that, that one makes sense, I guess. But it's like how many... New acronyms are we going to make up to validate or justify the way that the 
the college football playoff committee is ranking teams and how much of it actually matters. Cause to your point, like they're bringing up Bo Nix's completion percentage. Well, Bo Nix has thrown a lot of passes below 10 yards this year, like more than a lot of other guys who are looked at as good quarterbacks in college football. And I'm, I'm not diminishing what Bo Nix has done. Cause he's had an awesome season. I mean, he is a Heisman front runner right now for a reason, but uh, he, he he's not like he's been some great deep ball threat like a Michael Penix has been or uh, something along those lines. Like he is, I don't want to say taking the easy way, way out because he is operating within that Oregon offense, but it's not like he's putting that team on his shoulders like we've seen from other quarterbacks who have won Heisman trophies in the past. He's done a great job with his legs as well. And again, like I acknowledge he's had a great season. He's completely flipped the narrative on what he was as a quarterback uh, when he left Auburn, he's much better on the road this year, and he's a guy who is clutch in big games for the most part. But to bring up his completion percentage is fucking absurd. Yeah, and Bo Nix has been great this year, and Bucky brought this up this morning. Like, well, Bo Nix is probably going to win the Heisman Trophy, so that's why they have Oregon in there, because they don't want to leave the team with the Heisman Trophy winner out of the college football playoff, because it's not good for the sport. I don't know if that's true, but I mean, Quinn Ewers is having a great year himself. Quinn Ewers leads the Big 12 in completion percentage. Like, none of that shit should matter at all. But here is what I just pulled up on the screen, Trey. This comes from the college football playoff website. This is out there clear as day in plain view, not plain view, Texas, but in plain view for everybody to see. This is what the committee is supposed to look at when comparing resumes of teams that are close. I'll read it if you're listening on the app so you know what we're talking about. When circumstances at the margins indicate that teams are comparable, the following criteria must be considered. Championships won, strength of schedule, head-to-head competition, if it occurred, comparative outcomes of common opponents. All right, so let's go down that list. Nobody's won a championship this yet. Regular season titles don't count in this era of college football. Strength of schedule? Uh, nope, doesn't look like they're taking that into account. Head-to-head competition, if occurred, well, they are taking that into account, at least as it pertains to Alabama and Texas right now, mm-hmm. and Ohio State and Michigan and uh, Oregon, Washington. Comparative outcomes of common opponents without incenting margin of victory? Like, why are you neglecting margin of victory if you're going to compare outcomes of common opponents? Like, are we just making this up as we go to justify how these teams are being ranked? Yeah, I, I honestly... Way, I say yeah. that understanding that it's it, it does feel a little bit ridiculous to say, well, Oregon only beat Texas Tech by eight points in Lubbock's second game of the year, whereas Texas just beat Texas Tech here in Austin by 50. I think that is a bit of an apples and oranges comparison. But if we're saying that we're comparing outcomes of common opponents, you do need to take margin of victory and, and, and not just that, <laughs> but uh, other factors in that particular game into account. Yeah, I do wonder if they added that parentheses in like last night and just hope nobody noticed it beforehand because that's that's ridiculous. I mean, comparative outcomes of common opponents, yeah, that should be looked at, but without incenting margin of victory? I mean, like Oregon was down to Texas Tech with a minute and a half left, Trey. They kicked a field goal to go up by one, and then Tyler Shuck, who was quarterbacking for Tech at the time, threw a pick six. On like the last play of the game when Tech was trying to march down the field for a game-winning field goal. Like they were about to lose. And by the team way, that Texas just without, beat by 50. And, and by the way, who says without incenting margin of victory? Without considering margin of victory? What are you trying to confuse us with language here? Nobody says incenting. 
Well, it's a bunch of ADs who are trying to sound smart, I guess. I, I don't know. But they're not looking at anything. They're they're literally only looking at the eye test right now. And it's it's annoying how the committee can just pick and choose what they want to look at, right? In some cases, they look at the resume. In some cases, they look at the eye test. Everything on the resume tells you that Texas is or should be ahead of Oregon. If you want to argue that Oregon's look better with the eye test, that's fine. Although if Texas played the 62nd ranked schedule instead of the 13th, I would argue Texas would probably look a little better on the eye test too. You know, if we played an FCS team that we could beat 77 to nothing in week two, yeah, maybe that would have been uh, better than playing a Wyoming team that won eight games and is playing in a bowl game. Like every non-conference team that Texas played is bowl eligible. Oregon didn't play shit. Uh, Texas Tech was their tough non-conference game, and Texas Tech won six games this season. So it's like the biggest takeaway that I have, besides just being mad at all of this, What what's the point of playing Alabama? What's the point? Like, if, if I'm CDC, and this all changes with the 12-team playoff, I guess, but, God, it, like, I'm almost calling Michigan, and I'm like, hey, yeah, we don't want to play all next year because it doesn't do shit for us. We're going to drop you guys and play an FCS team instead. Like, Texas plays Michigan and Ohio State in the next couple of years in the non-con. Why the hell are we doing that? If the committee is just going to be like, yeah, that, that was too early in the year. We don't actually need to consider that. I mean, what are we doing playing these games? Should you not be rewarding teams for being willing to schedule games like Alabama, Michigan, and Ohio State when they don't have to? I mean, what's the point, Trey? Money? Texas is going to sell out a game against an FCS team just like they would against Michigan. Like, what, what is the point for this? The point is that most years it makes sense to do so because a win like that up to this year has practically guaranteed that if you go the rest of the year losing only a single game and win your conference's championship, that you were getting into the college football playoff. Because this is a perfect swarm of conditions that is making the argument for college football as to why there needs to be more teams in the postseason, not like we needed that argument to be made, but it's also not happening intentionally, at least I don't think it is, is uh, it's it's just one of those weird years where even though it is a big deal and it should matter more, it doesn't. But it will continue to matter going forward, even if you lose that game, because it helps with strength of schedule, can help with strength of record as well, which is a fucking metric I didn't even realize existed until about five minutes ago. And when you're talking about 12 teams making it in, uh, having a better schedule, it's not only going to help you be a better football team, hopefully, because iron sharpens iron, but it should conceivably help with some of these metrics that will still be used when we're talking about 12 and not four. Are they being used, though? I think they are, yes. They're, well, they're not between Texas and Oregon right now. That's That's my point, like... They're not being used. Put some of those, uh, put those stats back up. Strength of schedule, strength of record, please. Sure, 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 sure. One second. And you're right. Like this year is the perfect shit storm of things going against Texas right now. Cause last year uh, in this situation, it would just be win this weekend and you're in hell. TCU lost the big 12 title game last year and they still got in. Now, of course they were undefeated in the regular season, whereas Texas is not, but I mean, strength of schedule, it's not even close, dude. If it was like 13th versus 18th, I'd be like, okay, Oregon, fine. Like, they've looked better than Texas has at times this year. Okay. There's there's 49 spots in between strength of schedule between Texas and Oregon right now. Oregon's yeah, most impressive yeah, the key, win. The key wins aren't even close. No. 
And Texas won one of those games. Five. Yeah, it, it is pretty damning that, that Oregon is ranked ahead of Texas right now. I completely agree with you on yeah, that. I've been, I've tried to be noncommittal about it and I've tried to see the other side of the coin, but it's fucking horseshit that Oregon is. is ranked ahead of Texas right now. It is. It is. And my God, one of, te- one of Texas's wins came with a backup quarterback. Like the, the win over a K State team that's ranked in the top 25 came with a backup. Like that's, that's, that should be another positive for the Longhorns resume. And it's, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, the path, look, the path is the same for Texas as what we talked about yesterday, Trey. Three things need to happen. There are other ways Texas can get in, but if these three things happen, then the committee, even though they might hate us this year, can't leave us out. It's Georgia beating Bama, so Bama's gone. It's Louisville beating Florida State, so the ACC is gone. And it's Texas beating Oklahoma State. If those three things happen, I think we're good. But why it's such a big deal to me that Texas is ranked below Oregon is like, I I have told myself the Pac-12 is getting in right now. So what it really should be, it should just be, hey, if 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 uh, if Florida State loses, then that's it. Then you're in. You don't have to worry about Georgia, Alabama. You don't have to worry about anything else. Like, it should just be. Or if Washington lost to Oregon, then Texas should be in over Oregon. Like, we should only be needing one thing to go our way, and instead we need a couple of things to go our way, and it's it's ridiculous. I don't even want to risk Oregon beating Washington. Because Washington's strength of schedule is going to look better than Oregon's is. And Oregon's one loss will have come to a, a, uh, or Washington's one loss will have come to an Oregon team that is ranked where they are right now, too, in a conference championship game. Same thing goes for Alabama and Georgia. Like, I'd like to think that that win over Alabama would still matter there, but you're telling me that the committee is going to leave off, leave out the SEC champ. Right. If it is Alabama, or they're going to leave out Georgia, which has just lost their first the, their first game for the first time in three years, like that Man. is that would be worst case scenario. I mean, if Alabama wins the SEC championship, I've completely given up hope that Texas is going to make it. What do they What do they do in that spot? Like you they, said, I mean, what What are they? One of two. You have to. It's one of two things. Uh-huh. You're either leaving. Texas or the SEC out of the college football playoff. Hell, maybe they'll leave the SEC out of the college football playoff because the SEC has dominated this more years than not. Maybe they'll be like, you know what? We are really going to make this a free-for-all right now. Hmm. Undefeated Florida State, congratulations. You're the two seed. Undefeated Michigan, congratulations. You're the one. And uh, Washington or Oregon, you're the three seed. There's no way they leave the SEC out, right? No, there's no way. I mean, that is such a pipe dream what I just laid out there. But – a girl can dream, PK. A girl can dream, and you did talk about gender fluidity earlier today, so uh, congrats to you on on making that change, my friend. And I'll pull this one up. We showed this yesterday or Monday. Was yesterday Monday? What day is it? It's It's been one of those weeks. What is this? Tuesday. Yesterday was Tuesday. Okay. Well, maybe we showed this on Monday. But, yeah, this is the scenario that you're talking about. And Georgia's not even on this screen, by the way. But this is the scenario where – Alabama beats Georgia, Michigan wins, Oregon wins, Florida State wins, and Texas wins. Then you've got like six teams that you could really argue deserve to be in. And obviously, there are only four spots to put them. So, yeah, you got it. We've been rooting for Bama all year long. Got to root for Georgia just in case. Even though we all think it's bullshit that Bama could get in over Texas, if they beat a team that hasn't lost in three years, Sadly, they could get in over Texas, and they might not be able to put both of them in because 
Well, if Michigan and Florida State are 13 and 0 and they've won their conference, I don't I don't think either of them is going to get left out, even though Florida State sucks without Travis Jordan, Jordan Travis, whatever the fuck that guy's name is. MFAM Meep says, Imagine if all undefeated teams lose this weekend. That'll be a mess. It will. It'd also be pretty fun, too. I'm not going to lie. I mean, Michigan's out at that point. If Michigan loses to Iowa, they are done. Yeah, I just I, I can't even lead myself to say those words because it's not happening. No, it's not. Like, like we said it, yesterday, that's got to be a three to two final score. I don't know if I don't know if Iowa's can score three. <laughs> like it might have to be a zero to negative three score or something. Two to nothing score. They get a <laughs> they pin Michigan deep and get a safety, and that's the only scoring in the game. Oh yeah. Phil Parker, <laughs> Iowa's defensive coordinator, is the best coach in the country. I think the fact that that team is 10 and two, I know it's BS that the big 10 has the divisions that it has, but still 10 and two is 10 and two. They're 10 and two with an offense that is worse than a high school offense. They basically fired their offensive coordinator mid season, but said, nah, we're going to let you coach the rest of the year, which is absurd. But the fact that that team is ranked at the top, what 15 and they're playing for a conference title. That dude should absolutely win the Broyles award as the nation's top DC, but as good as he is. Yeah. He, he, he can't score. And they do have uh, Michigan's transfer, Cade McNamara, as their quarterback at Iowa. It's true. So, so Ooh, both you teams. that video of him from earlier this year? Both teams will be stealing signs, perhaps. No, what? I don't even know what video you're talking about. Ah, shit, I don't think I still have it on my computer either. Where he uh, he went very sophomoric in a Monday presser. Oh, yeah. I remember what you were talking about. You what did he say? I'll do some. I'll do a live read here while you're uh, while you're searching that. How about uh, a word for our friends at AV Consultations? Actually, we'll let you hear from the man, the myth, the legend, Tom McKay himself. Hi, this is Tom McKay, owner of Audiovisual Consultations, and all of us at Audiovisual would like to wish you and your family a happy holiday season. This time of year can get a little hectic, so we want to remind you to relax, enjoy the season with your family and friends, and give us a call for all your home entertainment needs. If you save the time you spend in traffic and big store crowds, you'd have more time with the people you actually enjoy. So smile, hug your kids, make love to your wife, and cheer the game with your friends. Call us at 255-8678. That's 512-255-8678 or online at avconsultations.com. Yes, indeed. Shout out to AV Consultations and also shout out to our friends at Great Blue Heron Furniture. The Black Friday sale is going on right now at Great Blue Heron Furniture, which means it's the perfect time to upgrade your furniture. If you've been uh, thinking about adding a piece to your home, a new couch, a new recliner, a new ottoman, some new bar stools, whatever, you can do that at greatblueheronfurniture.com. They've got never-before-seen discounts up to 20% off your purchase from now until December 3rd. If you're watching on YouTube, just click the link in the video description below. It will take you right to the TSU collection. If you're listening on the app, just remember that website, greatblueheronfurniture.com. This furniture is gorgeous, it is comfortable, and it is built to last. That's right, amazing-looking furniture that is going to last you and your family decades. Check them out, greatblueheronfurniture.com furniture.com and a shout out to our friends at covert b cave if you are looking for a new car truck or suv or a pre-owned car truck or suv uh, look no further than covert b cave an unbelievable selection fantastic service the best prices that you could find of course their slogan is nobody beats a covert deal not now not ever uh, they say that because they believe it go see what they've got specials going on all year long. You can find them online at covertbcave.com or go out and see them 
off 71, right in the heart of the central Texas Hill Country. It's Covert Bee Cave. And of course, they've got Covert Ford, Covert Lincoln, Covert Shuttle in Austin, uh, Covert Shuttle, Covert Chevy in Austin, and then Covert Ford in Hutto. That makes more sense. Covert to shut up, please. (laughs) They've got it all here in the Austin area. They're the best in the business. Shout out to the Covert Auto Group. Any luck? No, no, Mm. it's gone. Darn it. Okay. What do you remember what he said? It was very soft. I, I pulled it up. Hold on. He was talking about, uh, he said, these guys are going to come a lot, is what he said. And he just starts cracking himself up mid-presser. <laughs> he like, tries to continue his answer, and he's just like laughing throughout. It's a hilarious moment. It's, you know, obviously he didn't mean how how he himself took it, but it also sounded like that, and he realized as much in the moment. That's the best when uh, people realize it in real time, or if there's somebody else on the podium next to the guy talking and then he starts cracking up. Mm-hmm. That's a, a good bit right there. All right. It is 10 till the top of the hour. Of course, Chip and Zay coming up from one to three and then fire the cannon because I did just find out it is Wednesday. Fire the cannon with uh, Megan and Rocky from three to five. But as we do around this time every day, we got a little where are we at in society today? Trey. You got a live read today? Yeah, let's go live read with Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. They are the sponsor of Where We At in Society. They are also a supporter of Texas Sports Unfiltered. We greatly appreciate our guy Steve, a.k.a. Cooter, for that. It was all the way back in 2006 when Steve started Pest Wranglers. He did so for a couple of reasons. One, he wanted to help you get rid of those pests around your home or place of business. But also, Steve is a guy who values relationships. It's why he treats his employees so well. And in turn, his employees treat you, the customer, exceptionally. How do I know? Well, they have numerous five-star rating reviews on Google, Yelp, and elsewhere that show as much. He doesn't tie you into any contracts. If you don't like the service one time, we hope you'd be willing to have a conversation about it, but you are not bound by a contract. You want to cancel the service? It's done right then and there. But he feels confident that you will believe otherwise by the time Pest Wranglers is done in your home or place of business. Go to pestwranglers.com to find out more info. Also grab that contact info. And as I mentioned, Pest Wranglers is a proud sponsor of... Where are we at in society today? It is your daily look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will bring you a story that provides a sense of optimism that has us all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. Today, I'm not sure what today is, BK. It's not necessarily pointing out the worst of humanity, but we're going to talk a little. We're going to have to talk about the penis today, BK. Mm. Specifically the aging penis, and whether certain urban myths about what happens with the two major functions of the penis, urination and sex, whether there is any validity to said myths. Do we need Frank Thomas here to talk about nugenics? What is nugenics all about? Uh, Low T. And they always end their commercials by saying, and she'll like it too. So we can talk about how much the beef bullet is to blame for the low T that you, the aging male is experiencing. And uh, I have to thank the New York post for this article. They decided to interview Tim Moss, who has 20 years of experience 
of uh, studying the penis. And so they asked him the most common questions around the purple helmeted love warrior as it ages. First question, <laughs> is trouble peeing caused by the cooch cork? What do you think? Is trouble peeing caused by the penis itself? The cooch cork? Yeah. Well, that's a good one. I don't know if I've ever heard that before. Well, get ready. There's more. Is trouble peeing caused by the tool itself? The mm. buttermilk stick. Uh, Nozzle yogurt slinger. The what now? Purple nozzled who? Yogurt slinger. That's fantastic. Boy, I thought Anaconda was out there, but we're just scratching the surface. Uh, No, I'll say it's something else that causes urinary pain the older you get. Yes, congratulations. You are correct. We're going to go, we're going to grade you on this one here. So you're one for one right now. Okay. Moss explains that challenges with number oneing aren't usually caused directly by the penis. Enlargement of the prostate gland, which happens to most men as they age, interferes with urine flow. While the prostate gland might enlarge, the actual penis is unlikely to change in shape and size. Well, that's no good. I thought that was a silver lining of the prostate enlarging is getting a little bit more girth slash length down there. Yeah. Huh. Two, is male menopause real? Oh. I don't know. I've never heard of it. So I'm going to say no. The, well, let's see. The phrase male menopause has gained rapid traction over recent years, but just how accurate is this concept? According to Moss, while the male aging process can certainly be defined by key physiological chances, they aren't quite comparable to what women experience during menopause. Males don't have a sudden age-related change in sex hormone levels like females do. There's a lot of noise about low testosterone levels, but if you stay fit and healthy as you age, testosterone levels don't fall. So, no, you are two for two now. Let's go. Number three, are men fertile forever? Uh, Forever. Well, not when you're dead. Does that count as forever? I mean, we got De Niro and Pacino still making babies in their late 70s. So I think as long as we're alive, we've got the ability to make something happen. Fair distinction to make there. Yes, when you're dead, you're no longer fertile. But during your life, the entirety of your lifetime are most men fertile. And I'm guessing you're going to be correct on this one too. Let's see. Throughout history, women's ability to procreate successfully has been largely defined by their biological clock with increased age being one of the biggest barriers to healthy conception and fetal development. Men, on the other hand, produce their end of the bargain, sperm, constantly. But even though a man's procreational timeline is far less constrained than a woman's, their baby-making abilities will also eventually decrease with age. Quote, there is a misconception that male fertility lasts forever. In fact, older men take longer to get their partners pregnant. And there's a link between a father's age when children are conceived and some neurodevelopmental problems in their children as well. According to the expert, breaks in DNA become more common with aging, possibly affecting the pregnancy experience and the health of a fetus. So in short, sperm count and quality do indeed fall as we age. So you're two of three now. No, the answer to that is yes. Just because it's not as likely doesn't mean you're not fertile. 
Uh, that that description told me I'm right. It just says you might have more complications trying to have a kid the older you get, right? You're less fertile because it's harder to get knocked up. And if you do, there's a uh, there's a strong possibility there's going to be a major issue with the offspring. Okay, less fertile, not infertile. This is one of those. The teacher would tell me I'm wrong on this, and I would be so pissed. And I'd go up with a great argument like, no, here's why I'm right. And she'd be like, yeah, no, you're wrong. Sorry. It's like, you bitch. Or maybe you just like show your fertility to her in uh, one of her desk drawers after class is over with, right? Whatever it takes to get an A. <laughs> I've got no shame in that. Oh, God, I wish I I wish I could do that in school. I tried. No luck. Number four. What causes erectile dysfunction? So I ask you before we find out the answer, BK, what causes dysfunction of the one-eyed tuna trawler? (laughs) Uh, I think it's when you have a laptop on your crotch for too long and the heat from the laptop causes issues. That'll That'll definitely scramble the waffle dolphin. Not eating your Wheaties, perhaps? Um, not taking Nugenics and hanging out with Frank Thomas, Andy Van Slyke, and Doug Flutie in your spare time? I don't know. The causes, according to the New York Post and their expert, the causes of dingle dysfunction usually depend on the age of the individual. In younger men, ED is associated with psychological indicators such as anxiety, while older men tend to have problems with their limp biscuits as a result of physical health problems associated with worsening nerve and blood vessel function from Moss again, quote, the nerves and blood mm. vessels that allow the increase in blood flow to the orgasm gun to cause an erection lose function with aging and disease. In fact, the ability to get an erection is a good indicator of cardiovascular health. People with dysfunction of the pork sword are more likely than normal to have a heart attack or a stroke. Wow. You know what else causes ED? What? The picture that you showed during yesterday's edition of Where Are We At in Society. Oh, yeah. That real-life Java the Hut. Yeah, that was not good. Yeah, with the painted-on eyebrows. Yeah. I, I, I looked down after the show, and mine was tucked in. It's inverted after looking at that picture. Oh, it was an any. <laughs> yes it was Oof. yes it was that's never a good place to be all right number five is erectile dysfunction inevitable so i ask you before we find out the answer is it inevitable that your pink torpedo will eventually stop working bk i feel like a doctor would say yes but i'm gonna go with no on this okay like some guys might be lucky once again i'm using uh pacino and de niro and somebody commented about mick jagger having a kid when he was in his 80s i'm gonna i'm gonna say it uh it, it keeps working well you're wrong on this one unfortunately assuming yeah. that a guy gets to a certain age according to this expert according to moss roughly one in ten men under the age of 40 experience Mutton machete dysfunction, but just about every man over 85 has it. So if you reach 85, there's a good chance it's not going to work all that well anymore. Mm, you better get it on at the old folks home then while you're 84. 
while the stats show that every man is likely to experience some sort of dysfunction of their bald-headed mouse throughout his lifetime, there are a few reasons. It may become more prevalent later in life, and aging isn't always the culprit. Quote, from what we know about what causes dysfunction of the Petraeus missile, it's health problems like cardiovascular disease or diabetes rather than aging itself that's likely to cause it. God, are all of these terms in the article you're reading? This guy is giving some legendary quotes here. Legendary. Yeah, will, you, will you send me? I don't need the whole article. Just like copy and paste all of the terms for dick that this guy has used in this article. This is spectacular, man. I'm going to start using this in my real life conversations. I'm going to encourage you that uh, you always have urban thesaurus pulled up and penis typed in in the uh, search bar. God, that is uh, that is awesome. Yeah, the anaconda, the joystick. Trying to think of some of the ones that I've heard and used. The stick shift, the twig and berries, all of this other stuff, though, is the purple-headed. What was the second one you said? Purple-headed yogurt slinger? Purple-helmeted love warrior. No, wait, that isn't it. That's another one. Where did that one go? Ah, gosh. Purple-nozzled yogurt slinger. That's awesome. Gravy spigot. Lady Gaga, meat stick. Lady Gaga. Oh, because there are rumors that she was born with one. Meat whistle. Uh, ooh, I don't know. I don't know why that one is. Let's see. Let's check with. Yes, of course, I can do the definition. Oh, it's a woman's penis. Excuse me. It is a woman's penis. So no, that would not uh, apply to most of us. What was it Lady Gaga and Sierra, right? Those those were like the two female celebrities that were accused of being born with the Johnson and Johnson, a family company. Sierra. Yeah. You don't remember this? Lady Gaga, not Sierra, though. I'm gonna ask our man Perze Hilton. <laughs> AKA Zay Zay Collier. Uh Zay, am I off on this? Wasn't there like random rumors about Sierra being born with the uh, male piece? Yeah, man. That's throwback. Yeah, probably around the goodies era when Sierra was coming out and, yeah, speculation that she was swinging meat around. Mm. Obviously, those things aren't true. Shout out to Russell Wilson. They have a wonderful life together, even though I thought she should have stuck the future thing out. I mean, come on. Future's not that toxic. Like, come on. Give him a second chance. He's just a rapper. But, yeah, that's old rumor back in the day which i'm yeah. glad it's not true because i love me some sierra yeah lady yeah. gaga kind of looks like a dude like that one's a, a little bit easier to believe sierra's hot <laughs> uh, i've seen some good gaga yeah know. yeah she's, she's, she's not unattractive right no she played um the gucci girl in the movie she was looking good in that she didn't play the coochie girl because she doesn't have one, apparently. Do I have, do she I may have, have a taco hammer. Mm. Yeah, when I when, uh, when I heard that those rumors about Sierra, I don't know why. I was probably like in elementary school or middle school when I heard that. I was like, oh, man, yeah, the song Goodies does not really do it for me anymore because now I'm not so sure what she's talking about here. Yeah, I mean... I don't know. I don't know who made that rumor. I heard she's from Austin, too. Like, she lived here a couple of years before going to Atlanta. Or 
you know, she went from Atlanta to the ATX. I don't know. I've heard rumors about Sierra. She went to school at Reagan for a little bit. Who knows? It doesn't matter. But yeah, yeah. Let me some Sierra. She she had a good run. I don't know. Yeah. If she's still making music. I think she's too busy getting pregnant all the time. But yeah, she she had a good run. One two step goodies. Couple of solid videos of her twerking that thing, yeah, mm, yeah. And her and uh, Petey Pablo. What's Petey Pablo up to these days? Damn, that was my dude. Yeah, talk about a run. He yeah. had two radio bangers. North Carolina, go over razor. Take your shirt off. Take your around your head. You're like a helicopter. There was that and yeah. Freak League. Oh, he was just naming all those women: Rhonda, Felicia, Shauna. Sabrina. Oh, yeah. Petey Pablo, man. He was doing an imitation of Ja Rule during his music career. <laughs> a, a lot of those brothers sound the same. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. A lot it, of those it, brothers it, sound the same. I've known he, some that get Ja Rule and DMX confused. So, oh, I'm sure yeah. DMX loved that when he was here. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's, why, that's why he made that reference. I was having to own it. <laughs> God, yeah, goes back to us doing the radio show together the last uh, year or so of uh, of that gig. When you hear the barks, it's DMX. When you hear all the uh, like kind of love making grunts, that's Ja Rule. Oh, like he's yeah, like he's roof, like he's roofied a victim, and like he's trying to get his on despite the fact that he's having to move just a lifeless body around. I mean, I don't think it's that dramatic. Or dark, but theoretically, sure. look the guy. The guy was re- partially responsible for Fire Festival. Let's not put that past him. Like, like he's like he's over something like that. Yeah. All uh, right. All right. I'm sorry. That was we said we said jaw rule, not the Bill Cosby rule, dude. Like, what are you what are you talking about here? I say that about DMX. I said it about jaw rule. Fifty Cent might agree with you, I guess. Oh, the yeah. Fifty and Jaw not like one another. Oh. One of the great beefs. Oh, yeah. Beefs are always good when nobody dies, but that one, they still hate each other. They grown ass men. They in their 50s hating each other. That's how you know it's a good beef. Like Nas and Jay Z, they're mature. So they came around and they made songs together and they're just worth so much money that they're over their beef. But Ja Rule and 50, like 50 will still take shots about Ja Rule on Twitter. Uh, and Jaw, which Jaw's just kind of like, why is this guy's name? Why is my name always in this guy's mouth? It's kind of weird, you know. But yeah, nothing like a good rap beef, right? Chip Brown, who loves him some Ice Cube. Oh man, I'm still. Uh, d- does bringing in Nelly to do the halftime show of the Big Twelve title game do anything for anyone? Yeah, yeah, it does for me. I'll be there on Saturday, and I'll be staying in my seat for the halftime show. I'm I'm pretty excited about it, honestly. Because <laughs> Brett Yormark's all about a younger audience. Yeah. Um, is Nelly is younger... Nelly hitting a younger audience? Like I, I feel like I'm the youngest person who's going to enjoy Nelly. You know, right. I'm I'm almost thirty. And your marks broadcasting the game in Times Square. I mean, he's, paying, he's spending millions of dollars to get the Big 12 brand 
into Times Square where college football ranks about 20th on the people walking through Times Square's list. <laughs> but hey, good luck, Big 12. You got you got Larry Scott 2.0 as your commissioner. Oh. He's going to Mexico. He's branding everywhere where there's like very little return in my opinion, but Hey, Andy shoots his mouth off. I think that that some of what he tries is intriguing and may work like the uh, basketball game that is supposed to be in Rucker park. It's the, I believe that's this season. It's either this season or next season. Like that has the potential to be pretty cool. Or like you're turning a life into a video game in a sense, but he thinks, He thinks basketball will add revenue to the conference. So Mm. we'll we'll see about that because that's never been the case when it comes to media rights agreements. If that was the case, the Big East would be the most powerful, lucrative conference going. It adds something, though, doesn't it? Or is it all football? No, it adds something. It adds something. But – for the for Fox for ESPN, they're uh, they're gonna bid on football. Is Nelly then, a rock? Is Nelly a Rock Nation guy? Since your Mark used to run Rock Nation, like ooh, I would assume that he's pulling from the Rock Nation lineup. Let's look that up. I, I can't. Nelly, be. I don't know if Jay Z wants any part of Nelly and. Yeah, Nelly had hits, but BK's right. Like. The age that they're reaching to, it's a little older, kind of in your bracket, Trey. You know, that was Nelly's run, like 2001 through 2005. Nelly yeah. was hot in hair and country grandma and all that. And not in here, take off all your clothes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So. It sounds a lot worse when you sing it. <laughs> God, that, you know when I tried to use that line back in 2001, that was a similar response that I got. <laughs> oh goodness! All right, you got something, Zach? All right, fellas, appreciate y'all. Good show. Well, you know, y'all, y'all have a great one, guys. We'll be locked in.